We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Thanks, Rob, and welcome to the Sox Machine Podcast 2021 Player Reviews. I'm Josh Nelson. In the upcoming months, we'll be selecting a player or position group to recap their 2021 season discussing if said player or players met or exceeded expectations and what does their near future outlook appear to be with the 2022 Chicago White Sox. Dallas Keuchel made a great first impression in 2020. After Yasmundi Grandal made the first shockwave signing with the Chicago White Sox, Keuchel was brought on to be a stabilizing force for a young White Sox rotation. He was more than that in the shortened season. Despite missing two weeks, Keuchel finished fifth in the American League Cy Young voting thanks to his 1.99 ERA. When the White Sox acquired Lance Lynn from the Texas Rangers, it appeared they had a strong front three of the rotation with Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and Keuchel, with Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon serving as big question marks. Other than Keuchel's nagging back injuries, Nobody was too concerned about Keuchel's ability to perform coming into 2021, especially what we saw from the previous season. Keuchel made his first start of 2021 on April 2nd in Anaheim, and it wasn't great. In four innings, Keuchel allowed six runs to the Angels, but the White Sox did pick up their first victory of the season, winning 12-8. Keuchel allowed three runs over five innings in his next two starts, and he didn't produce his first quality start, until April 18th against the Boston Red Sox, which he allowed just two runs over six innings. The next start for Keuchel was against the Texas Rangers, and he held them scoreless for seven innings. It appeared that Keuchel had found his rhythm after a bumpy start to the season. Against Tampa Bay on June 15th, Keuchel once again tossed seven more scoreless innings, and his ERA was 3.78, the lowest it had been all season. With a 6-1 record to boot, it appeared that Keiko was doing his part of what became the strongest starting rotation in the American League. Keiko's next start was at his old stomping grounds in Houston, Texas, 
and the Astros showed no mercy to their former colleague, scoring six runs in just two and two-thirds innings. Two starts later in Detroit, and the Tigers scored seven runs off Keuchel in four innings. The wheels were falling off. After a 2.70 ERA in the month of June, Keuchel's ERA in July was 6.26, then 7.43 in August, and then 6.75 in September. Opposing batters in the month of September against Dallas Keuchel hit 387 with a 452 on base percentage and slugged 541 against him. You would win a silver slugger and find yourself in the All-Star game with that slash line. Keuchel finished the regular season with a 9-9 record, a 5.28 ERA, and a 0.1 war according to baseball reference. A new single season career high in ERA for Dallas Keuchel. The poor performance in the second half left manager Tony La Russa no choice but to leave his veteran southpaw off the postseason roster. A blow to the ego of a veteran pitcher who has won a Cy Young, made big postseason starts, and was signed by the White Sox to pitch in playoff games. Instead, Keuchel was limited to just watching on the bench when his ex-teammates celebrated as the Astros won in four games in the American League Division Series. With an $18 million salary for 2022, Keuchel is not cheap. Can the White Sox afford to wait and see if Keuchel bounces back? Or is Dallas Keuchel another option for general manager Rick Hahn to deal this upcoming offseason? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's discuss what the near future holds for Dallas Keuchel with the managing editor of SoxMachine.com and the co-host of the podcast. It's Jim Margulis. And Jim, as I mentioned in the intro, Keuchel seemed to get on track at the beginning part of the season and then mid-June hit. He has a bad start in Detroit to start July. And July, August, and September were disastrous for Keuchel. 
what went wrong with Dallas Keuchel, especially in the second half of 2021? Well, I think the biggest culprit with Keuchel is, I guess, to sum it up, you know, his recipe before the season, like his recipe for success was sinkers, cutters, change-ups, sinkers to both sides of the plate, cutters slash sliders, depending on how hard he was throwing the pitch to uh, righties to get in on them. And then you're working lefties away and also having the changeup uh, as a swing and miss pitch for righties. This year, the cutter was just basically garbage. Like he could not uh, locate it the way he wanted to. There are a lot of waste pitches, you know, that, that just weren't competitive or they were elevated. Um, they were they were up in the zone like lefties could just re- reach out and poke them into the outfield. Um, they weren't the rollover pitch that they served as in previous seasons for lefties. He struggled to get in on righties properly, so he ended up just missing inside a lot, like just starting them too far into where hitters didn't even try to get jammed on them. So he was basically down to one pitch sometimes, and the one pitch is a high 80s sinker, and that's not going to do all the lifting for him for a full start. So basically he had one pitch tied behind his back for most of the season. Once hitters, I think, got wise to the idea that the they could afford to get locked up on a cutter or a slider and, and just be fooled by it if he executed it perfectly and just focus on the other pitch or two pitches if they were righty. Uh, I think that basically took a lot of his soft contact ability away. So that's where I think, you know, the the big issue is. And, you know, you can look at it two ways. One, it's like, well, if he can just figure out the pitch, he'll be fine again because like his velocity was okay and his you know he didn't seem to like like wear it down at the end of the season when it came to just like life on his pitches Mm -hmm. just more execution but the i guess you know execution is a um product of fatigue or like overcompensating for trying to keep velocity up so you don't quite know seeing how poorly the white Sox starting pitching staff fared in the postseason and looking at this with hindsight do you think it was still the right move to leave Dallas Keuchel off the postseason roster? I think so. I mean, you can only go with the information he had on hand at the end of the year. Like, you know, Lynn pretty much nailed his last start. Giolito did the same. Cease did the same. Like, Cease looked probably better than Lynn uh, over the you know, remainder of the season. Then, you know, Rodon was kind of a mixed bag. But at that point, when you're just trying to get three innings out of him, I think you're, you're better off getting three innings out of Rodon than Keuchel. So... I think if Keuchel had the ability to retire lefties and say like his entire weakness or his issue was against righties, especially facing righties like more than one time through the order, then you could maybe come up with a use for him uh, in in certain situations or drop him in the middle innings. If you think like, oh, here's the uh, lefty part of the order that's, you know, the lineup's been built around facing a righty like you know, say Michael Kopech or something like that. That's a case where you can maybe draw, drop in Keuchel as a change of pace guy, uh, change of look guy, and, and see what you get and have a reason for doing so. But in a weird wrinkle for Keuchel's season, uh, he had the same OPS allowed against both righties and lefties at 827. Like So uh, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to like, say, the backup catcher situation and, and, and trying to decide, you know, uh, where the White Sox should go with the backup catcher situation. You look at Zach Collins and you look at uh, Sebi Zavala and you think like, what are we asking any of these guys to do except be okay for a game at a time? Like, you know, what's their strength? What can we count on doing even if their weaknesses are their weaknesses? Uh, that's, I think, what you can't answer about them with Keiko. That's kind of the same thing like, 
if we try to call on him for a situation, what situation are we calling on him to succeed? And I don't think the White Sox had an answer for that, uh, given how he looked in the second half. And so that's why I think they, they left him off. And I think they had a reason for doing so. I think, you know, it's not unsalvageable. And, and you know, perhaps uh, it's something that just needs to be addressed with a hard season of, you know, pitch design and, and trying to rework some things in order to uh, maintain a you know a more effective delivery and release of the ball that regains usefulness of that pitch. But for the, what White Sox had over the last few months of the season, I just don't think that there was any reason to really trust him in any one situation. Okay, so looking ahead, if we were being optimistic and looking at the glass half full and try to think of the ways that Dallas Keuchel is going to bounce back, before we got into the segment recapping Keuchel's 2021 season, again, Keuchel is going to make $18 million in 2022. That's not cheap. And can the White Sox, Jim, afford to wait to see if Keuchel bounces back in 2022? Or is Keuchel's spot in on the, 20, on the 2022 White Sox in jeopardy with this bad second half. I think if the White Sox could get out from under the contract, they probably would. And with you know, Keuchel making 18 million, that's a hard, it's it's a hard like risk reward uh, situation to figure out uh, when it comes to the White Sox eating like a serious amount of money. Yeah, I, I guess trade candidates for other teams like change of scenery guys, guys who have outlived their usefulness with a certain roster, you know, whether there's like an expiring contract change that makes sense uh, between two teams. But when it comes to just saying like, just trying to get Keuchel off your roster, get somebody mildly intriguing back, like even if it's just a reliever who might emerge in the second half of a season, uh, being another arm or something like that, like how much money would you have to give up? And then how much money would you be paying to basically like try to replace him in the rotation? Because I think that's the, that's the two things is one, you know, you have to find a taker without paying him to pitch for another team basically um, because he still has some usefulness left. And then you have to find somebody who takes that spot. I, I think the guy I have in mind, like the, uh, you know, the comp I'm running both in terms of just, you know, what he might have to offer and just what the White Sox are taking on by having him in the picture is post-surgery John Danks. Just both the question of like, will his stuff improve? If not, how long can it last? And, and how can the White Sox work around that? And with Danks, when he was, being able to take the ball 30 times a year and post a five ERA, um, that wasn't good. It was it was below average, and he was one of the worst uh, worst qualifying starters out there. But it takes a certain amount of talent to qualify. He helped cross a day off the calendar. It was uh, the White Sox didn't have to scramble to find somebody to take those spots. He didn't cost prospects to replace. Uh, he didn't uh, cost prospect development. You know, he, he didn't jeopardize that. So you know, there's always a use for guys who are good enough to not compromise the plans of anybody else. And when you had like a, a rotation like the White Sox had where Jose Quintana and Chris Sale were very much cost controlled, like you could afford to spend a little more than you wanted to to have John Danks. And I think that's where the White Sox are now with the way the rotation is currently set up with, you know, with, with Giolito and Lynn and Cease. Like Lynn is the only one who's being paid uh, retail price or close to it. Like Giolito is still making less than he should be making on the open market. Cease isn't there yet himself. So you can afford, you know, when it when it comes to like the cost of the whole rotation, you can afford to overpay for a still useful Dallas Keuchel. It's just more of a matter of like, can he be useful again? Or is the second half going to be what 
you know, he has uh, uh, going forward. And if that's the case, then pretty much like any money you can get back or save by not having a Keiko pitch for you is good to have. <laughs> like if he's, uh, you know, making like, say, if you're paying him the equivalent of like $12 million to go away and that guy pitches, you know, to like a 6.3 ERA and you wouldn't want him starting any game, then it makes sense to have like, at least he got that 6 million back to, to apply somewhere else or somebody who might have more to offer. So that's, I think the, uh, how I'm approaching the calculus when it comes to keeping him or letting him go and letting him go just to get rid of him. I'm having a difficult time, especially with the Sox machine offseason plan project on what to do with Keiko Jim, because I feel like if you trade him, okay, you can recoup some of that money and you could spend it elsewhere, but you are punching a hole in your starting rotation. And yes, Keiko was not very good in the second half of the season, but he looked like he was largely healthy for the season that you can count on him every fifth day. And if you do trade Dallas Keuchel away, and depending on your situation with Carlos Rodon, which we've already reviewed Carlos Rodon's season and had this discussion, and you know I shared my thoughts and my mind hasn't changed that I don't think Carlos Rodon is returning to the White Sox in 2022. Well, now you need to get another starting pitcher where mm-hmm. you on paper you would have Giolito, Lynn, Cease, I'm assuming Michael Kopech would move into the starting rotation. I'm not sure on how heavy of a workload he can handle uh, after the 2021 season, but I'm assuming he moves into the starting rotation. So whatever money that you save for moving Keuchel, well, you're going to have to spend that on getting another starting pitcher. And we know that starting pitching is not cheap. Uh, Corey Kluber signed for a lot of money. And when he was on the mound for the Yankees, he had good outings, but he had a tough time staying on the mound. And it seems like all of these $10 million starting pitchers that sign these one-year $10 million deals, there's a lot of risk involved, especially in the injury front. Like, you can't count on them to give you 30 starts. It just feels like after all of those free agents in that tier of, let's say, 3 to $10 million signing one-year deals, the White Sox locked out with Carlos Rodon. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, Jose Quintana, old friend, did not pitch very well uh, last year on his one-year $10 million deal. Cole Hamels is still trying to sign one-year million plus deals, and he's getting free cash and right he, now. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Like, his agent yeah, is I awesome. Wish we need that agent to represent Sox Machine, Jim, in all of our future advertising uh, negotiations. So that's where I'm conflicted because I'm with you. I see a lot of red flags in the second half of Dallas Keuchel's season. But when you're trying to manage this roster in the offseason and try to optimize it the best way that you possibly can, based on the budget that is provided from the chairman and the minority owners of the Chicago White Sox, whatever that actually is for the White Sox budget, I, I'm i just really conflicted right now on what to do with Dallas Keuchel. I, I'm almost citing that Keuchel returns to the White Sox in 2022, and they're hoping that he returns to 2024. Yeah, it's the devil you know. Yeah, and we know the White Sox love the devil they know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say if Keuchel is on the trading block, do you think... 
you would have a lot of interest. I mean, we talked about Craig Kimbrell in a previous podcast episode uh, regarding the midseason acquisitions. And, uh, you know, Canley Jensen, after the Dodgers were knocked out of the National League Championship Series, he's a free agent. Uh, I think the Dodgers would be interested in bringing him back. Um, but there's not a lot of marquee closers in this upcoming free agency class. So there could be, you know, pretty good interest in Craig Kimball. But for Dallas Keuchel, with him not having premium stuff and the struggles that he had in 2021, do you think there would be interested buyers for Keuchel? I could see there, like, like I said before, I think it would take like the another team having a similar contract on their hands and being like a bad contract swap or like a, a contract they don't want. Um, Cause you know, there's a, there's a case where like, as we saw with Keiko, like if he just, he's never been that impressive, even when he's successful, he just, he succeeds by a very delicate recipe, but sometimes it comes back and it works just fine for five to six innings. So I think that's a case where like, he still might be able to make it back, but when it comes to just like being poor bets or uh, not great bets, I, I think it would probably take um, absorbing somebody else's deal just because like Kimbrell, I can see him having enough allure. Like as you mentioned, there isn't like a whole lot of, there aren't many closers and Kimbrell just only has to work one inning at a time. So maybe a team can just figure out how to get him going and how to get the uh, knuckle curve in the zone more often than he threw with the White Sox. And that'll solve a lot of his issues, both Keuchel, you know, the, proposition with him is getting him going for five innings at a time two to three times through the lineup through a time and I think that's why it's a lot tougher to trade somebody like him so it would seem like it would take like a bad contract swap but you know the White Sox aren't so you know they they have guys to pay after the season like you know the the long-term extensions they sign get more expensive after this um you know they have you know Liam Hendricks and Yasmani Grandal still in the book so I don't think they want to go nuts uh, absorbing like a long-term contract that's going to be like, you know, adding eight plus million dollars in the books for the next three years. Uh, I think they'd rather, you know, just uh, bite the bullet, hope that Keuchel does enough to help them out for like three months of this year and consider it like money well enough spent. So let's talk about Keuchel, the 2022 squad. How do you think he'll be used? Are we talking still in the starting rotation? There are some White Sox fans that may want to see Keuchel move into the swing man type of role where he pitches maybe a couple days a week and he's throwing two to three innings. How do you think Keuchel would be used by the 2022 White Sox if he does stay on the south side? Well, I, I think keeping in mind that post-surgery John Danks, that, that I imagine because the White Sox don't have a whole lot of starting pitching depth. Like that's been one of the biggest problems with the season is like Jimmy Lambert's really didn't make a stride. Jonathan Stever went backwards, then had lat surgery. Cade McClure is okay, but not that impressive on paper. Like he'd seem like he's he might be worth a cup of coffee at some point, but you wouldn't count on him succeeding right away. And then, you know, they traded Connor Pilkington. So when it comes to like the high minors pitching depth they look to have, uh, they basically got one out of four of <laughs> the guys they're hoping for. So as you mentioned, like it's, you know, w- when Michael Kopech goes in the rotation, the White Sox really don't have a backup plan aside from Reynaldo Lopez. And we know with Lopez that his strengths and weaknesses are pretty well defined. And it comes down to like how well he's locating his fastball on a given day, how much life it has. And so for the time being, like if he's not a great bet to hold down the rotation spot and Keuchel is not a great bet to hold down the rotation spot, I think the tiebreaker would be like, 
which guy is more useful in relief? And I think Lopez has at least shown an ability to eat innings in relief out of the bullpen, but sometimes pitch really well in the bullpen, especially as a change of pace guy. So I think I would, you know, maybe if, if Keuchel's, if the White Sox are stuck, stuck with Keuchel, you know, I might consider, you know, dusting off the idea I had and that worked really well for one day uh, in 2020 when it was Reynaldo Lopez and Gio Gonzalez, basically being like a tandem arrangement, like a piggyback setup, uh, having a soft tossing sinker baller lefty uh, or like in the case of, you know, Gonzalez, like a crafty lefty. And then you had like the hard throwing righty coming in after him, just being more of a, you know, one a chisel, one a sledgehammer, <laughs> just uh, trying to confuse lineups enough with stuff uh, disparity and uh, you know, perhaps confusing the lineup construction. So that seemed to me like it worked really well for one day, but Henrik Renteria did not want to try that again. And for some reason, he, like, he just did not think that was a way a game should be handled in, you know, for the White Sox in that year. But, you know, if, if uh, you know, they, he has two half starters of Tony La Russa or whoever is managing the White Sox because Rick Hahn is still not his press conference yet as we're talking, like whoever the manager of the White Sox is, um, you know, if, if he sees two half starters on his roster and the everybody's well rested enough, like that might be a way to go is having four innings of Keuchel, two innings of Lopez. Like that just seems to me like one way those pieces could fit and produce as long as like the other starters go long enough to where Lopez is needed. I'm thinking that Keuchel is going to be in the starting rotation. With me working my offseason plan project, I'm having Keuchel to back in the starting rotation. But I I am with you, Jim, that we did see this past season when Adamine wasn't useful anymore for the Chicago White Sox. They ate that contract and they let him go. And then Adamine wasn't a free agent for very long. He caught on with the Angels, but he didn't stay very long with the Angels, and they let him go, and he's a free agent. If Keuchel shows signs of more second half 2021, let's say if it's Memorial Day weekend in the 2022 season, I know it's a lot of money, but I'm hoping the White Sox are able to just cut ties and then try to find a better solution Because at that stage, it's just money, and I know it's not my money. Uh, So it's easy for me to say it's just money. But for a team with the goal and the aspirations of winning the American League pennant in 2022, you really can't every fifth day go to someone that is allowing opposing hitters, as you said earlier, have an OPS of 827 or better. Uh, Because that's just putting a lot of pressure on your offense, having to produce... For that particular day to save Dallas Keuchel. And again, it's $18 million. It's it's so difficult. If it was maybe $10 million, Jim, I'd say it'd be a lot easier to trade Dallas Keuchel. But I feel like, man, mm-hmm. it's ice cold as far as the trade market for Dallas Keuchel at that salary. And that's why, for me, looking at the 2022 squad... I'm thinking the White Sox go back to him and he's the number five starter for the 2022 White Sox. Yeah, I think there are just so many okay, you know, starters on the market. Like I'm thinking like if you were interested in say like, you know, trading for Dallas Keiko, like if you thought you look at his pitch mix and we can work with that and we're getting a good deal on him. 
uh, even at like one year, 10 million, like, wouldn't you just sign like John Lester? Yeah. And Lester's not going for 18 million. Yeah. Or even like he might go for, you know, 8 million, 10 million, like for one year. Yeah. Like given, I'm just thinking of like the, the, you know, Jose Quintana, Corey Kluber, Garrett Richards priced here. Right. Like, yeah, maybe not that much because he, you know, I'm looking at his ERA plus it was, you know, in the eighties. So maybe not 10 million, but just 8 million. Like it would cost a lot for, you'd have to get Keuchel for nearly free. Like I would say like maybe, uh, you know, 14 million kicked in or to make a trade worth it versus signing a guy like Lester. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think the trade market is ice cold for Dallas Keuchel. And we'll see a lot in the Sox machine offseason plan projects. We'll see a lot of people asking or pitch that idea on social media. I'm just in the camp that I can't see it. And whether you like it or not, uh, I, I'm, I think Dallas Keuchel's in the 2022 White Sox starting rotation, at least her opening day, hoping that he can find his 2020 form or just be a guy that can consistently get lefties out and carries a four and a half ERA. That's fine. It's not great. It's not worth $18 million. But you can't have someone that was having monthly ERAs in the mid sixes and the low sevens. You just, you just can't have that for a contending team. Yeah, I think it's fair. I, although I think, uh, you know, if we're saying we can't see it, I think some listeners should take that as a challenge, perhaps. Yes. Make us see it. Yes. Make that argument and make that case. Well, that concludes the 2021 review of Dallas Keuchel. Jim, as always, thanks for recapping Dallas Keuchel's season with me. My pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to your ideas. Everybody, bring them. That will do it for this 2021 Player Review Podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you just discovered the Sox Machine Podcast, you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Sox Machine, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. For those that have been listening to the show all season, and if you haven't already signed up, think about doing so at our Patreon page. Our Patreon supporters receive exclusive content ad-free versions of the podcast and website, and the first opportunity to receive our new Sox Machine swag items. We have monthly plans starting at just $2 a month, and our annual plans save you 9%. To sign up, visit patreon.com slash Sox Machine. The Sox Machine Podcast is a production of SoxMachine.com, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and your home for all things Chicago White Sox baseball. I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.